0: My father's voice comes back to me. Not these, Katniss. Never these. They're Nightlock. You'll be dead before they reach your stomach. The Hunger Games, Suzanne Collins.
1: You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Today we are going to be talking about breadcrumbing and misdirection. Breadcrumbing is a psychology term often used in gaslighting, but it applies to foreshadowing as well. It's like in the Hansel and Gretel tale. They lay down a trail of breadcrumbs that will help lead them back. In writing, that breadcrumb trail is dropping little bits and pieces so that the readers can figure out and find their way to the point that you're trying to get them to.
0: And the difference between foreshadowing with breadcrumbing and leading them to solving the mystery is what you do with that detail, with that clue about the future events in that moment. Do we dismiss it? Do we say, yes, this is important, we're gonna add it to our stack of information to analyze when I'm not trying to avoid being suffocated by poison gas. And a lot of what people think of when they think about foreshadowing is this breadcrumbing this putting a little detail in and then immediately dismissing it in the same scene. So that
1: detail almost makes sense. It is there, it is something that you can kind of go, oh, yeah, that's right. But then somebody in the scene, a character can explain it away and it no longer seems relevant, but it is still there, it is still relevant in the future. To put it in other terms, It is very Chekhov's gun. We have talked about Chekhov's gun before. If you mention it, it needs to be relevant in some kind of way. The breadcrumbing is why Chekhov's guns are important. Because if you mention the gun on the mantle, then the readers can kind of get an idea that it is going to be relevant, but then you can, in your writing, make it go away. So when you adopt this mogwai, here are the rules.
0: You're not paying attention to the rules because it's cute and fuzzy and has big eyes. The audience is paying attention to the rules going, they're going to get wet. They're going to be fed after midnight. Bad things are going to happen.
1: And then they're going to turn into a little gremlin that tries to eat everything.
0: So how do you breadcrumb? What are the favorite tools among authors out there to lay these little bits of information down and then have the reader disregard
1: it until it becomes relevant later? The easiest way to do it is to have a character misinterpret the clue that you have presented. They dismiss it as something else. They smell a weird thing and then just go, it smells like a barbecue. Somebody was probably cooking around here. When the victim was truly found with burn marks and they were what was cooking around here.
0: The biggest thing is to have the reason for the clue resolved in the same scene. Maybe they drive by a neighborhood barbecue on their way out of the neighborhood. Oh, that must have been what I was smelling. And leave it there. Resolving this detail is key in making your reader forget that this was a detail ever in the first place.
1: Of course, you can also just have accidents. It was an accident.
0: Every reader who reads that word goes, no, it wasn't. My parents died in an accident 30 years ago. The fact that that is mentioned, the character has disregarded it, the reader has not. So be careful what you call an accident and what you call actual coincidence.
1: Another way that you can breadcrumb this that will really nag at the reader and linger if you want it to linger, is to drop the clue and then just leave it alone. Don't touch it, don't dismiss it, don't mention it again until it becomes relevant because the reader will likely remember And if they don't, then when it comes back again, they can go, oh, 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 that's the thing. Okay. And that's the kind of reaction that you want from a reader as you are doing this kind of groundwork. The
0: other tool that goes hand in hand with the breadcrumbing and the especially dropping and then excusing the clue, the detail is misdirection. The red herrings, the going down the wrong path. This is often something that your reader is following with the hero instead of a thing that the reader knows that the hero doesn't. These are the having the wrong suspects in a murder mystery, the placing the red herrings that this is something that you as audience members want to pay attention to over here in order to make room for a lot of more subtle
1: details underneath. When it comes to these red herrings, to the misdirection, it is still important that the reader gains something from that experience. If it feels like a waste of time, the reader is going to more often get annoyed than be interested. They're following this path of the wrong suspect in a murder, but eventually whatever they find at the end of that search is going to get them back on track. It is going to lead them to the right place. And it's often the single
0: detail they can't be the suspect because of this. That detail, whatever this is, that's the takeaway that the reader should have from that misdirection.
1: Or it can be something like it resolves another plot point that they thought was tied in, but turns out at the end of this discovery, it wasn't. And that opens the way for them to really understand what's actually happening here, because it was clouded by whatever this red herring problem was going on at the same time.
0: It's often the ones that aren't intentionally a misdirection that really annoy the readers, because it feels like there was nothing gained. I'm back where I started. There's no character arc. There's no growth. There's
1: no change. In the end, what you need to do is fulfill the foreshadowing. That is the essential part of misdirection, of breadcrumbing, is it has to be fulfilled in the end. And a lot of the times you want to do it in an unexpected way. So if at the beginning of Romeo and Juliet we
0: said that the story would end in tragedy for Juliet's parents. We can assume because of this piece of information that we were given, bad things are gonna happen to the parents. So when it's fulfilled that Juliet dies and the parents are distraught about it, then we're fulfilling that foreshadowing that we put in the beginning, but
1: in an unexpected way. In the same vein, we want to answer a question that we got from one of our listeners. How far is too far to lead on a reader? How do you make it feel like it's not a waste of time? We're going to answer the first part first. How far is too far? If it takes up a lot of
0: the story, I would say 10% of your story should not be on the
1: same wrong clue. If you do need to spend more than that 10% or whatever feels natural for the story, then you need to make sure that whatever is happening they are still solving the actual problem, even if they're being sidetracked a little bit along the way. Another way to recognize if something has gone too far is what we mentioned last episode. If you introduced a named character and it never came up again, you went a little too far down the misdirection line.
0: Your reader is spending energy and time trying to connect these dots that you aren't wanting them to. They're reading a completely different book than you're trying to get them to read. A big litmus test for if this whole chunk was a waste of time for the reader is if there is no new information gained from the experience. So if the character is exactly where they were when they started this whole tangent, then
1: it's going to be difficult
0: to make it feel worth it to the reader.
1: And it goes back to that first point of the story actually needs to have some plot progression if you want to spend any more than a little portion on it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be what we're expecting.
0: If they're following a suspect and it turns out it's the wrong suspect, they're back to square one. But... The hero happened to lose their gun in the middle of a fight, and therefore they need to get their gun back before they can solve the problem. That section
1: did push the story forward, but not in the way we expected. And of course, don't lie to the audience. Whatever information you present, it needs to be truthful to the audience.
0: In a lot of the advertising ahead of the Avengers movie Age of Ultron, Joss Whedon was implying that this character, this somewhat minor character, was going to die. And everyone had sort of come to this conclusion that Hawkeye was going to die. So when it looks like Hawkeye is about to die at the end, and then Quicksilver comes in at the last minute, it felt like a weird lying to the audience letdown. The person that was going to die was somebody that we hadn't met until we started the movie. So why are you trying to just mislead us for marketing's sake? It was not an effective
1: tool in your audience enjoying the story on the other side. Now let's address the second part of the question. How to make a misdirection feel like not a waste of time? And basically the answer to this is the opposite of too far. Make sure that it's not more than
0: 10% of your story. Or make sure if you name a character that they come back later. Don't lie to your audience and intentionally deceive them and trade out something lesser at the end. These elements that we talked about just now, not doing that solves
1: 98% of the problems. And it goes back to making sure that all of this misdirection, all of this type of foreshadowing is intentional. Make it intentional.
0: As a reader who reads a lot of stories with several points of view, be careful when you're hopping to other points of view because if I have chapter seven is the first part of this investigation, and then chapter 10 is the second part of the investigation that led nowhere. Two chapters, not huge, but as a reader who read chapters eight and nine in between, it felt like the timing of four chapters. So be careful when you're writing several points of view of how much distance you're putting between the beginning and the end of this tangent.
1: Overall, breadcrumbing and misdirection can be a very useful tool in laying down the groundwork for how your story is going to play out. It gives interesting clues, interesting directions for your readers to follow, and it can really help them be engaged, creating their own theories, coming up with their own ideas. That is what you want from your readers. And it begins when you write selfishly.